morning, everybody. Love you all. It's good to be here. I'm proud to call you family. I don't know. We're in this together, all right? For life. Good to see you guys. Um, I, I want to I just remind, remind ourselves how good we've got it here. Right? We heard from uh, Iris, a beautiful message last week on our, our praise as a weapon. Come on now. As we were singing that song, as we were singing that song that he's too good to not believe, I remembered that just, just a few months ago, I was standing over there to that song, and JD was ministering in worship, and the tears were coming down my face because I was believing that my father's heart surgery was going to go well. And, it, and, and you know what? He's back golfing. He's back doing all. He's running and jumping, and praise God. You know, he is too good to not believe. Let your praise be a weapon, right? JD was talking about seeing with our spiritual eyes. He, he almost preached my message up there. We're going we're gonna to be receiving with, with, with our spiritual eyes. I want to talk about that a little bit today. But as we're sitting there, I had this thought come up before we pray. This thought about the tenderness of Jesus that pastor's been on. Man, pastor, we got it good with pastor. Pastor, Pastor Grace. Look at the testimony of, of his family. They're all serving the Lord. They all love the Lord. What a witness. What a power-packed dynamite situation we got going on. That's why we got to lean in, right? We lean in. Whoever's talking, we lean in. Because it's not me talking. It's not JD talking. We, we believe that the Holy Spirit is here. And I, I, if, if, you, if it was for me to talk, there would be no power. But I believe the Holy Spirit is here in power. And so I would encourage you, something the Holy Spirit told me while I was sitting there about the tenderheartedness of Jesus and our moments of worship. He told me this. He said, let's not extrapolate the touch of someone else on your life, in your past, and let that speak to Jesus' ability to touch you today. And that's a hard thing. You got, we got to receive that. Maybe, we, maybe there's been some, 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 some touch. Maybe there's been some, some trauma in your life. And pastor's been on that. Don't extrapolate what happened to you in the past, the way a human touches you, to the way Jesus can touch you. He wants to touch you deeply. He wants to touch you gently. He wants to touch you in a constructive way that builds you up and edifies you and reaches the innermost part of your soul. And do not... Do not extrapolate the lack of affection that you received as a kid for the type of affection that Jesus wants to just wash over you. Our Jesus wants to be so affectionate. He wants to meet you, and he wants to get to the intimate parts of your being. He wants you to open up. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about opening up. We're going to talk about seeing with our spiritual eyes, receiving, hearing with our spiritual ears. But before we do that, let's just pray real quick. Jesus, we thank you for being here. We thank you for always being here, for walking with us, talking with us. Lord God, being our best friend, our Savior, our Lord, our King, our guide. Holy Spirit, manifest yourself here today. Let it not be human words, but let it be a word from your Spirit. Lord God, let us honor the mantle of this house, the mantle of Pastor Gregory Dickow. Let us honor the anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, as we mentioned about youth camp, I want to bring you back to a story in my life. When I was about JD's age, maybe, maybe a little bit younger, that was a long, long time ago, I was serving in the youth ministry at my home church in Athens, Greece, and we had decided that we were going to do youth camp. And it was kind of a fledgling situation. We were just getting going again. 
We had done it a couple times, and we had always seen the move of God. As we pulled away, as we moved these kids out of their normal distractions, we would see the power of God drop through the Spirit. And it was always beautiful. It was, and, and it happens here. I, I've been, I served in the youth ministry here. Something happens when we pull away and we let our kids have some time undistracted where they get to, get to listen and lean into Jesus, where they get to be encouraged by people that are like-minded have a heart to receive Him. And so one, one of these camps way back when, we did all the praying beforehand, me and this guy who were the other youth leader, we'd get together, we'd have our little, uh, you know, it was, we would get down, we'd, we'd get, get, you know, the prayer coming in and believe and our expectation would be up. And one of, the, one of the main players in our youth ministry was this kid, I remember his name was David. And he was really talented, he was a good musician, he played piano, he's, uh, he's, still, he's still alive, so I don't want to talk like he's not still there. And, and he was a worshiper, and, um, and, but, he, but he got to be really good at, at the things of, of, of you know, basketball and school. And his parents put priority on that stuff. His parents wanted him to excel. They got him a trainer for basketball. He was on the youth national team in Greece. He had all these practices. He would do piano practice. Then he was, they were pressuring him to do good in school, and he was excelling in school. And all that is great. But what happened is we started to lose him in the youth ministry. He wasn't coming out too much because he, he had so much going on, right? And those other things became the, the priority. And I understand, you know, he's, he's leveling up. But we prayed that he would come because he was an influential character. He was an influential kid. And he came and he hadn't been coming around, but he came and he was, he was in the back. And the second night, I remember what happened. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and he just started like, like, like I wasn't sure how he was going to receive it, but I had believed and had expectation, and he started like wobbling, like the Spirit of God was ministering to him in a special, unique, direct way. And so what happened was, th then he, he, he was prompted by the Spirit of God and received that as a prompting of God to go up and minister to his fellow classmates and his fellow youth. And he got up and he got the mic and started encouraging. He started speaking of the great things that God had done in his life. He started going up and hugging other kids and ministering to them independently. The tears were flowing. Uh, the whole place just broke out in the love session of God, a therapy session. And we sent our kids to therapy. This is the therapy they need. They need a direct spiritual encounter with God that will be undeniable for the rest of their life. And so it was a beautiful example of how this young man, this young David, received and heard from the Spirit of God in a deep way that prompted him to speak. To speak of God's goodness, to speak of his love, to encourage the kids around him. And see, the way that God designed things, he, he designed things in such a divine and beautiful and intricate way. You see, even our ear, the way it works, we've got an outer ear, we've got a middle ear, we've got an inner ear. The outer ear is like perfect for receiving sound waves. And then it hits the eardrum, and the eardrum is like a drum, it, it reverberates, and then it, it passes that sound wave onto the three smallest bones of our body that are right in the ear. And those bones, as they, as they reverberate, they send a message through this, this shape like a snail, this fluid passes in the inner membrane of the ear. And it causes these follicles to, to wave and to move. And when certain follicles move, we receive the sound as if it's deeper or closer or more important. It says here, the auditory pathways process and decode sounds, turning them into something meaningful, 
like a question, a honking horn, or music. They also help to distinguish between nearby important sounds and less vital background noises. And I want to talk to you about receiving the Word of God in our inner man, in our inner spirit. You see, the Word of God is spirit and life. But we have to receive it as spirit and life. You know, we can receive it as, hey, we're just going through the motions, we're coming back to church. But it's so important to receive the Word of God as spirit and life. You see, here's a story in Mark chapter 7, verse 31. Jesus was doing his ministry. I'm going to read this story, and I think there's some key takeaways here where we can see how this, this man received the word from Jesus. And I think we can start to apply to how we should position ourselves to receive from the Spirit of God. So it says, again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis. This is Mark chapter 7, verse 31, and going on. Came to the midst of the region of Decapolis, the Sea of Galilee. Now, I don't know if you remember what, what, I, what I talked on last time was tell your Lazarus story. Tell of the good things. Tell of the encounter. Tell of the moment that Jesus intercepted your life with his compassion and his love. You see, what happened is that was based off of a message a pastor gave a while ago where he talked about the Gerasenes, the demoniac man who was near this town, this area of Decapolis, the ten cities. And what happened there is this man, once Jesus healed him and the demons left him in the earlier chapter, I think it was Mark chapter 5, it says that he came to his right mind, clothed at the feet of Jesus. And, and, and he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, no, you go to your people. You go to your neighborhoods. Tell of the amazing things that Jesus has done. I guess he did a pretty good job because here we are a couple chapters later and they start bringing people to Jesus. This demoniac man it was telling of the great things, the way Jesus intercepted his life. And, and, and then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment. See, the thing about Decapolis is it's not even the Jewish area. It's an area that was conquered by Alexander the Great. It was a lot of Greeks there. It was a lot of Italians there. The Roman Empire had come in. Jesus was kind of avoiding. He didn't want to die early, right? He didn't want to go to the cross early. He had to do his ministry. So he's avoiding this, this Jewish influence of the Pharisees who were after him to stone him. And he's going to these other regions and, and don't you see the hunger in these other regions? See, the people that he was sent to, the people that he would be crucified by were not the people he was ministering to here. Here he's ministering to the other, the Samaritans, the people, the, the outsiders. And so if you ever think that God is, is, not, is not trying to speak to you, see what he did here. He's going to this other region. He comes down from Tyre and He's kind of taking a, taking a break. There was the lady, the Syrophoenician lady was just healed. And then he comes down to this Decapolis region where he had already done this great miracle. And they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to put his hand on him. See, in those days, the deaf and the mute, they would have been isolated. You think they're isolated today. They would have been really isolated in that day. They didn't have a connection to society. They didn't have a way of engaging you know, they, they actually in those days, they considered people that had those kind of illnesses or those kind of uh, encumbrances, they considered them to be almost demon-possessed, like something was, the demon had come on this guy. But isn't it cool that the guy didn't stay in that isolation, that he was able to make some friends who would bring him to Jesus? I think that speaks to the, the receptivity of this man. This man had some people in his corner, some people that were pointing him to Jesus. That's so important, family, to recognize. And he took him aside 
from the multitude. I want you to see in this story the tenderness of Jesus. He doesn't want to do this healing right in front of everybody. He wants to pull him aside and have an intimate moment with this man. He pulls him aside from, he wants to pull him aside from the distractions. You know, sometimes we're so preoccupied with what people will think of us or what our crew, what our neighbor, some of we need to pull aside and not worry about all the noise and all the voices that would contradict the love and the pursuing power of Jesus Christ in our lives. So he pulls him aside from the multiple and he, and he starts to do these tender things. He puts his fingers in his ear. Now, I don't know about you, the last time I, I got fingers in my ear, it was probably a wet willy from one of my kids. You know, they, they lick their fingers and they put their, and it was just a little, it's, it's a little intrusive, right? But, but here, Jesus is doing it in a gentle way. See, what he's doing here is he's, he's, he's communicating to this man in a way that he will receive it. This man only has his eyes to see, so he's like, here, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get this. I imagine he did it gently. I imagine he, he, he went in and, and, and he was saying, this is where we're going to start with your hearing. It's important that we start with our hearing, the way we receive. You know, with our speech and our mouth, we, we project. But to project good things and beautiful things, we have to first hear some power. We have to first listen with our spirit man. And family, too often we're listening to other things. We're listening to the multitudes. We're listening to the naysayers. We're listening to the negativity. We're listening to the pressure. But here Jesus pulls him aside and says, I, I got you. And isn't it beautiful? I, I like to see it as something very beautiful. He says, here, here, we're going to go right here. Yeah. And at this moment, this man, he could have chosen to reject that. He said, no, this is, this is a little too much. It's a little too close for comfort. But he receives the touch of Jesus. Yeah. And then if that wasn't enough, he, he then he, he says he spits. And he touched his tongue. That's getting deep, right? That's getting in there. He's getting in there. He's spitting and then he's touching his... This man had some humility, right? But here Jesus is talking in his own version of sign language. He's telling, he's, he's explaining and demonstrating, hey, we're going to work. This is going to be a gentle touch in your ear and, and uh, there's going to be a mingling of me and you. I'm going to come into you and my power is going to possess you and heal you. He wasn't healed just then. But then, again, the tenderness of Jesus. I, I, I don't think he grabbed him like a piercing. I think he just gently touched his tongue. And then he says he, he sighed. Man, that sigh says a lot. Jesus was filled with a burden for this man. He was filled with the weight of compassion, the weight of pain that this man must have experienced his whole life. In that moment, he looks up to the heavens. Again, demonstrating from where the power comes. See, all the while he's communicating to this man by the motions. All the while he's communicating to him that I'm going to gently touch your ear, then, then you're going to be able to speak. And then I'm, I'm, I feel for you. I'm compassionate. He did a, a sigh that, that was perceivable. It was a big sigh. It was a burden that he was feeling for this man. His heart was paining him for this man's plight in life. But then he looked up to the heavens and what does it say? He said to him, can we say this word? Ephatha. Ephatha. Now that's a beautiful word. Why did we, we see it? This is not a Greek word. This is an Aramaic word. Even if you look in the Greek text, it's, a, it's an Aramaic word that they've transliterated into the Greek. So if you look in the Greek, it actually has this word, which is not a Greek word. Why do they keep the Aramaic word that Jesus said in this particular instance? I think there's something very powerful about that. 
You see, ephatha. Let's let's let's. If you try, if we all try to say that, say say that ephatha. Say the f and the th. Say the f and the th. See, I, I said, why why did he keep it there? You see, there's these different forms of consonants in the in the in the alphabet by which speech therapists operate and they describe consonants. See, if you, if you do Z and V, there's a vibration that happens in your vocal cords. Z, Z and V. But if you do F and Th, they get vibration. The, the, it says the airflow, the vocal folds hold open and let the airflow through with the F and the Th. And it's a long F, so it's double F and a Th. Why is that important? Because instead of blocking the airflow completely, it's possible to hold those articulators close together to allow the air to flow, get this, turbulently through the small space. Sounds with this kind of turbulence are called frictives. Guess which sounds are in those frictives? The F and the Th. The F and the Th. Can you all say F? You, you see how it's letting air flow out in the turbulence. The foot and the foot only differ according to where the tongue is. But what does that sound like, that turbulence? To me, it sounds like the Spirit of God. It sounds to me like Jesus is demonstrating that, man, I got to get, some, I gotta get some, some wind on you. I got to get some wind of God, the wind of the Spirit of God to minister on your life. This, this to me, because 633, it says, my words, what are they? They are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit. This is not just a simple word. This is a word from the Spirit of God directed upon this man. The wind of power on this man that caused the healing. See, it wasn't when he touched his ear. It wasn't when he touched his tongue that he was healed. It was when he said, Ephatha, and breathed out the Spirit of God onto this man. Now, this reminds me of the day of Pentecost that we celebrated last week. In the day of Pentecost, what happened? They had positioned themselves in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And what happened? They heard a sound as if a violent wind. I'll take you back. It was a violent wind, turbulent, turbulent wind. So I think there's a, there's a connection here, right? To see the turbulence of this word and the way the air flows and the Spirit of God connecting with the power of God. You see, you see, the, see the, the, what, what happens here and what happened in, in the book of Acts is that these men, they started to speak in all these languages. The men who were, all the disciples and men and women started speaking in these languages and people could perceive. But what were they speaking of? If you look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. I see some similarity there. This man opened his mouth and it says, immediately his ears were opened, his ears first were opened, the impediment of his tongue was loosed and tell no one. And it said he spoke, though English it does it cheapens that word, it says plainly, but the Greek says ortha. And that word ortha means correct, right, or sound. Correct. It's a positioning, it's a right positioning, it's a right alignment with the Spirit of God. You see, when, when we receive from the Spirit of God, we can then speak. When, we, when we're hearing right from His Spirit, from His power, we can then speak in a, in a right, sound, correct manner, right? A lot of us, we want to do a lot of talking yeah, without receiving. 
And I would encourage you guys never lose our first encounter. You see, let's not continue in a way that wasn't like how we, we started. We started by spirit. Let's continue in, this, in receiving as if it's like the finest honey dripping down from God, the Word of God. It's the Spirit of God. It's life to us. We're meant to receive it in that same way, and that causes us to have right alignment. Remember the man, the demoniac? What happened when the Spirit of God ministered to him? It says he was in his right mind. You see, the people in the day of Pentecost, they were able to speak of the magnificent deeds. That is a right alignment. See, the Spirit of God will cause you to say and speak on the magnificent, mighty works of God. It said when he, when he spoke this way, he commanded them they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure. And what did they say? They said, he has done all things well. When this man spoke, the way he spoke, soundly, correctly, rightly aligned, it caused people to glorify God and realize that God, Jesus, was someone who did all things well. You see, when we allow God's Spirit to speak to our lives, when we allow His Word to hit us with power, when we allow His touch to come in in an intimate way to our deeper most part, I believe what's going to happen is we're going to be rightly aligned and be able to speak clearly of the mightiness of God. We see it time and time again in the Gospel. Moses with a speech impediment. Uh, we, see, we see Stephen, you know, the Spirit of God comes upon him in the face of being a martyr. He's, he's ministering and telling the Jews all the history of Jesus and God. Amen. Time and time again, when we, when we relinquish the way we will perceive things and our human ability to perceive, and we say, Spirit, you speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. You, you talk to me. You minister to me. Come with your, your wind. Come with your power. Come into my deepest part. Let your word be living and active. Let it be like a sword. Let it cut away areas in my life that need to be cut away. Let it, let it, let it bring the power that it's meant to bring in my life. It's not a coincidence in the Bible that we talk about the sower and the seed all the time. It's so important that we receive the word of God in the right way. We receive with a heart that is receptive to receive them as spiritual words from, the, from God. Life. Power. That is the word of God. His tongue was loosed. See, there's some obstacles, I believe, in receiving in the spiritual realm the way we need to, the word of God, and letting our ears hear from the inner part or, and see and perceive, as J.D. said, with the spirit of God. The first is we forget how we started. The first obstacle to opening up. See, that's what that word means. I, I forgot to tell you, the word ephatha. In, in the Aramaic, it means to open up. And that's the title of my message today. It's Ephatha. Ephatha, open up. Open up to what? Open up to the power of the Spirit of God that wants to speak in your life and transform it forever, causing you to nonstop talk about the mighty deeds of God, causing you to be affected by the mighty deeds of God, and causing you to minister and have influence going forward in your life. Come on. That's what it's all about. See, we forget how we started. We forget our Lazarus moment. We forget this when the Spirit first ministered to us sometimes. It says uh, in, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected in the flesh? You see, 
there's a way we started receiving with, with that appetite for the things of God, the appetite for the Spirit to minister and to speak to us. But sometimes we then we try, to, we try to figure it out ourselves later on. We try to do it in our own works. We try to go through the motions and stop continuing to receive from the Spirit of God as we need to. Let's never do that, family. The second obstacle, I think, to uh, receiving and hearing in our spiritual ears and opening up is we don't give care to what we hear. We don't give care. Give care. We don't steward what we hear. We're not giving it attention. We're not, we're not prioritizing. We're not, we're not giving it weight. Yeah. It says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. As he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure will be measured to you. And the more will be given to you besides. This has become a lot harder these days. Giving attention, giving care to what we hear, giving focus to the people that are talking to us, to the Word of God, the man of God, whoever is ministering to us because we're so distracted. There's this phenomenon, it's called CPA. CPA is this continual partial attention. Continual partial attention. It was, a, it was a New York Times article I was reading about this, about continual partial attention that we're, we're all plagued with these days. Because unlike multitasking and juggling activities of similar importance that don't require too much cognitive processing, CPA is a state of alertness during which you're motivated by the desire not to miss out on anything. Not to miss out. Have you ever been in conversations with people lately? It seems to happen to me all the time. And I'm sure guilty of being that person. Where you're having a conversation but the person is not really there. You know, they're thinking about something else or they're, they're on their phone or they're, they're thinking about, you know, uh, you know what, what, what's, what they're going to post or, you know, what, what, what ding just popped up on their phone, like who's trying to reach out to them, right? We're all suffering from this. Let's realize it. Let's recognize it. Let's cure this. Ms. Stone, who gives a lecture, says, says, describes the CPA as always on, anywhere, anytime, any behavior that involves an artificial sense of constant crisis been around some people that just don't have any peace. They're always kind of like, you know, the, the shiftiness of the way they, they, can't, they can't listen, they can't hear, they can't be engaged. Flashes and trills to shatter any semblance of, of concentration. They, they, it contributes to a strained lifestyle, she said. Half paying attention to everything means you're not able to fully pay attention to anything. You see, my alternate title for this message was, Who's in Your Ear? Who's in your ear? Too many times we've got so many things in our ears, so many things go, uh, p pulling our attention. You know, there's been seasons in my life that I remember they were the best seasons of my life. Were the seasons when I was like, man, going through some stuff and I had a stack of pastors' old school CDs in my car and I was just, you know, hitting them. You know, when I get pastors' podcast and I'm, I'm just diving in, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it on repeat. You know, then, the day, then there's the days when I'm driving around because I'm outside sales when I, when I just listen to sports radio. I, I, at the end, it's like I've been listening to bubblegum all day. All day. You know, I come out at the end, it's like I'm, 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 I'm less than what I started, right? <laughs> it's, it's like chewing gum for the mind. It's okay. I love sports. It's okay if you love sports too. But let's understand that there is an importance on who's in our ear. There is an importance on what we're listening to. We take it so lightly. 
You know, we take our attention, you know, that's distracted and pulled in so many, this CPA is plaguing everybody. Can we give God's word some attention? Can we return to a place where God's word has priority, where it is power and life to us, where it is food and bread to our soul? Come on. The third thing I think that causes people not to open up fully is they return to their old associations. I've seen this happen a lot. I've seen it happen with youth. They come, they're all on fire for God. They, they, have a, they have a touch. They have a, you know, I've seen guys, they, they, or, or girls, whoever it is, they, one in particular I think of, he, he's, he's just so on fire for the things of God, changed. And, and every once in a while, when, he still, when I hadn't heard from him, I hadn't seen, seen from him, I could tell he was probably around his old associate. And I could tell just by the way he talked. You can tell who someone's been around by who they're ta- how they're talking. You see what we're talking here? If you're rightly aligned with the Spirit of God, it'll manifest in your speech. Sometimes we need to cut out some of those people, those old associations that are going to gossip and naysay and speak negativity and want to complain about life. That's not what God and Jesus is saying. No, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what deafness. I don't care what muteness. I don't care what impediment you're facing. Jesus is enough. Don't try to get in your pity party and get around people that are going through some stuff too just so you can commiserate. Let's get some Jesus, life, some word, some power. Come on, family. In uh, John chapter 6 and verse 66, it says it like this. Jesus is talking. He says, after this, many of his disciples, what they do? This is the amplified. Let's look at the amplified. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, team. They returned to their old associations and no longer accompanied him. And Jesus said to the twelve, will you also go away? And do you too desire to leave me? Simon Peter answered, and this is the attitude we should all have. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, the message of eternal life. And we have learned to believe and trust and more. We have come to know surely that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God. Amen. Family, you can, you can go back to your old associations, but it's, it's not going to point. It's not, you're not going to be around some people who know their God. I want to be around some people that know their God, right? Those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. I want to be around some strong people that are going to do some great exploits. That know that He is the Son of God. That know that He is the living God. That He is the Christ, the Anointed One. The Holy One of God. That revere Him as holy. Where's our reverence gone, family? I'm not hating that anybody. I, I, I've slipped back and forth in all this stuff. And I'm checking myself here too. This is a, this is a self-therapy that I'm doing here. I'm talking to myself. Hey, get off your phone. Come on now. You got some kids to love on. You got some lives to invest in. You got some purpose to sow. Be hearing from God so you can deposit in someone else. What are you going to deposit if you're not under the Spirit of God? Number four, something that keeps us from opening up to the Spirit of God and having ears to hear is that other things take first place in our life. You know, I think one of the things that I noticed moving here from Greece is like JD was saying earlier, we, we're, we're into comfort over here. You know, sometimes we're so into comfort, we're so into privacy and independence and space and, 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 and comfort. 
and, and keeping up with the Joneses. There's nothing wrong with having great things. God wants to bless you. He wants to give you, he wants to give you all of your heart's desires. He wants to perfect everything that concerns you. If he's building mansions up in heaven, it's okay for you to have a mansion here too and to live in his best. But I want to encourage you. It says, it talks about making them an idol. In uh, Psalm chapter 135, verse 15, it says, the idols of the nations, get it? He says all the nations are silver and gold. The work of men's hands, they have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them. Do you see that? Those who make them are like them. They have ears, but they're not hearing. They have mouths, but they're not speaking anything of substance. You know, sometimes when we, we, we don't have Jesus at first place, and we have other things that are, that are above Jesus, we get distracted and we don't, we, we're not receiving as we need to. You know, we're looking to that idol, that thing, that thing that we, we hold in regard, in the highest regard in our life, to speak to us, but it doesn't have anything to say. It, just like the idol, we, 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 don't, we don't have anything to contribute. Our life doesn't count. I want my life to count. I don't want to hold anything above Jesus, the power of His Word, the power of His Spirit, and, and the influence that that will bring me when I put myself and position myself to receive. Number five, we're, oftentimes I don't think we're cultivating and, and keeping alive the sensitivity in our hearts and our ears to hear from God. See, it's a cultivation. You know, ground will go hard on its own. I've done a tiny bit of gardening. My wife can attest to the fact that it was very bad. I did a little, a little, a little, a little I got it all inspired one time. I went to Home Depot and got a little tomato plants and all that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the ground is pretty, and I had to dig. And my, I had my, my older Serbian neighbor come over and show me how to do the till the land and all that. I was acting all serious. And uh, almost everything died except for a few tomatoes. <laughs> But I know that you got to keep the ground. You kind of, kind of got to dig it up, right? It, it, if you leave it to its own devices, it's going to get hard. Yeah. See, we got to keep our hearts to be the, the fallow, the, 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 the churned up ground. Yeah. Soft, yeah. receptive to the seeds of God's Word. It says in Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers do you. Now, uncircumcised, I don't want to get too graphic or too detailed, but it, it shows a lack of sensitivity. That picture shows a lack of sensitivity in our heart and our ears. Let me forever be sensitive to the things and the words of God. Let my heart, let my ears always be sensitive. That should be our prayer. God, let me stay sensitive to your word. Let me be like that season when I used to sit and take some notes. Let me be that season where I used to honor pastor and not see him in, in, in what, as a human. Let me honor him. Let me revere him as the anointing flowing down from the beard of Aaron. And let me sit under that. Let me get some of that. Let me not take it lightly. Let me position myself to receive the fullness of what the Spirit of God would have for me. It says in their case, it going on, and, and um, I want to show you Matthew chapter 13, verse 14. In, the, in, the, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive, for the heart of this people has become dull. 
With their ears they scarcely hear and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise you would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart in return, and I would heal them. But, now this is, this is the case, the good case. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. They're blessed. Amen. They're blessed. Blessed ears are ears that hear from God. I want to have blessed ears. I want to have blessed eyes. Eyes that see from the right perspective. Ears that interpret correctly what is the important noise. That esteem God's noise, God's word, as the important one that I need to retain. The other stuff can stay as background noise. Let me receive Jesus' word as the most important word to prioritize, to send up the sensory to my brain so that I can calibrate and align myself correctly with the Spirit of God. Number six, I, I touched on it briefly. One of the other things that causes people not to stay open to the Spirit of God is that we, we let people's humanity reduce the Word. You see, to have blessed ears is to receive the man of God as if it's God Himself. If the Holy Spirit led you to be here today, and I, I'm no, no one special, but, but then you've got to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you. And you've got to believe that He's going to speak to you. And you got to be ready to receive whoever's standing up here. If He led you here, if the Holy Spirit led you here, you, it says, man may plan his way, but the Lord directs his steps. If He directed your steps to be here, then receive from the Spirit of God. Amen. It says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, For this reason we also constantly thank God when you receive the word of God which you heard from us. Listen to this. You accept as the words of men, but for what it really is, the word of God which also performs its work in you who believe. You didn't receive it as a man. Sometimes, you see, we get too familiar. We get too comfortable. We can get casual with it. Casual with the person. Casual. We see someone's flaws. We see someone and their humanity. And we don't receive it as if it's the Word of God. If it's in the Bible, it's the Word of God, family. I, I got to tell you. Revere, respect, honor uh, the, the anointed and, and the Word of God that comes. In, in Hebrews chapter 13, and, and this has always served me well in life. I don't know what happened, but this one message stuck with me when I was a teenager. It was all about submission. It was all about positioning ourselves in this place of submission, coming underneath the beard of Aaron. And, and it really has blessed my life because I choose to see my leaders that way. I know, I know Pastor quite well, but I'm not going to call him Greg. I'm going to call him Pastor Dickow because he's my pastor. He's ministering into my life. I, I, want to, I want to position myself to receive from him as a pastor. It's important that we do that. We don't just, you know, these days we can just go on YouTube and see a million different preachers. And it becomes casual. And we lose the reverence for the man and the anointing and under the beard. And I would encourage you, let's never do that, family. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Number seven, we don't open ourselves up, and this is probably the most important one. We don't open ourselves up for the Word of the Spirit because oftentimes we don't know the beauty of what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit of God, the tenderness of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is, is there to minister to you. Minister healing, minister edification, minister life, minister growth, minister the best. You know, he, he's not, he's, it's not this thing that He wants to whip you around. He wants to come in tenderly and touch you where you've had some trauma. He wants to heal those broken areas. 
That's how the Spirit, Jesus is, is influenced by the Holy Spirit, demonstrates that with his healing. He demonstrates the way the Spirit would come in gently and, and, and touch and turn. And so when we're open to it, we allow him to come in intimately. And what is he saying? He's saying, he's revealing to us the, the Spirit. And I'm going to go through this part a little bit quickly. You can go back and reference the Scripture. But he's revealing to us, the Spirit of God is revealing to us the things that are freely given to us. Amen. See, the Spirit of God, one of its main roles is to show us all the beautiful things that God has given to us. If you need proof for that, that's, that's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 16. It says, now we, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God which things we also speak. See, the speaking comes after we have a revelation of the things that God has given to us. When we have that revelation from the Spirit of God, then we can speak on those things. But when we don't have a revelation, we don't got anything to speak on that's of substance. Then, he describes what the Spirit would bring as something that's priceless, spiritual wine and milk a soul delight, a profuse spiritual joy, revival, covenant, and sure mercy. Isaiah 55 and, and verse 1 through 3. In the Amplified, it says, Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without, without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender. Self-surrender that accepts the blessing. See, when the Spirit comes, He wants to give you a blessing. You know, like, that's like fine wine, better than the best things of this world, better than the best honey, better than the best wine. He, when we self-surrender, He wants to bless your life. He's not coming to try to invade and interrupt your life. He's trying to bless your life, to increase your life. The words of God are words that are, 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 are not bread. And it says, hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. There it is the profuseness of spiritual joy, incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will and come near to me. Hear and your soul will revive and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you, even sure mercy, kindness, goodwill, compassion as promised to David. These are the things when we get close, when we let the Holy Spirit speak to us, he wants to show us his covenant, he wants to show us his mercy, he wants to show us his kindness, his goodwill, his compassion. See the word of God, it, it takes us from glory to glory, too. It doesn't want to leave us in one spot. Well, our lives are not meant to stay in one spot. We're meant to go for ever-increasing glory. You look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 for that. And finally, the Word of God, it, it, it hearkens and, and the Bible and, and Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the door. What does a good shepherd do? This is something we can get into another time, but I want to encourage you that if He's the door for the fold, if He's the door, if Jesus is the good shepherd, it says He goes before us, is what the Scripture says. You can look at John 10 for all this. It says He goes before us. And wh why do you have a door and a fold? Because you let the sheep out to pasture. You know Psalm, in, in Psalm 23, all the things that we say there. Shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture, leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. All of this, family, is the picture 
of what the voice of God would call us out to. He wants to call us out like a sheep that goes out to pasture is going out to an open field. It's going out to places beside still waters that it can lay down, that can rest, that can know that its shepherd is there. Family, he's calling us out to the best. He's calling us out to openness, to freedom. He's calling us out to a better life. What the Spirit of God, when it ministers to you, it's calling you up to better, higher, more blessing. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. So, in closing, I want to encourage us all to position ourselves like this deaf mute man. Can we do that? Can we do that with our hearts? Can we do that with our inner ears, the ears of our spirit? Can we position ourselves and not put too much pressure on us finding God, but understand that He's seeking you out. He's seeking you out. Don't stay isolated. Don't let any world conditions, any situation keep you isolated because that's when the voices come. How many people you know and during COVID, they were just listening and then they were a different person on the other side of COVID. You didn't recognize them because they had been listening to some stuff. You know? I would encourage you, family, don't isolate yourself. Get around some people that are going to take you to Jesus. Get around some family. Accept, and this is a bit, accept Jesus' request for intimacy. Prioritize that over the distractions and associations that you're used to. And finally, don't mistake the tenderness of Jesus as intrusive. Don't, don't think that he's trying to be intrusive with it. He's trying to be tender to meet you. Sometimes you've got to pull away and allow his tenderness to speak to us, to minister to us, to touch us. We have to be humble and vulnerable sometimes to let his spirit do its work. He heard and then he spoke, family, glorifying God. The world is waiting for people that have received a touch from Jesus. Not just any touch, but a continual touch. A touch that, that was the same touch you started with where you revere the Spirit of God and give esteem to His words that are power and life. And you continue in that. Because the world is waiting for people that are aligned with the Spirit of God and speak of the mighty things that He has done. Our life is influential when we continue to yield ourselves to the Word of God as, as His Spirit speaking to us. Family, Let's return to that. Maybe, maybe you're there. Maybe you, you, you're there. Maybe I know I'm not there all the time. I know I need to return to that. I need to make a commitment to receive Jesus and His intimate touch in a deeper way, in a more powerful way that will revolutionize this world. The world is waiting, family. It happened in Decapolis. Let's make it happen here in Chicago town. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. We've all had roommates. You've got you to let the Word of God be your roommate. Let it come into your bedrooms that you don't let your guests in. You know? Where you got that pile of clothes like I got in my bedroom. Let him in, family. Be vulnerable with it. He's not here, there to judge you. He's not there to tell you to clean up your mess. He's there to love on you, to touch you, to minister to you. That's what he does best. At this time, I just want to, in that, in that vein, as, we, as we're going to pray at the end, I just want to encourage you that we have some family business. Our dear sister, Miss Joan Green, has gone to be with Jesus. 
And we, we have a homecoming celebration on Thursday at 11 o'clock right here. Is, is right here, right? Yes. And uh, if anybody was someone that characterized having received a touch from Jesus, having been so exuberant, so passionate, so on fire, so encouraging, so loving, well into her years, her youth renewed. Man, uh, sometimes, sometimes I just hope I can have that energy with my kids. Sometimes I feel kind of hobbled. I, you know, I've been carrying the babies too long and my elbow starts to hurt. But Joan, she was always encouraging, always uplifting, always full of energy, always worshiping. She was someone who was receiving the touch of Jesus on a regular basis. We love her. We celebrate her. You are all welcome to come at 11 o'clock on Thursday and celebrate the beautiful Joan, we know you're dancing up there. We celebrate you. We honor you. And let's all like Joan. Let's all talk like Joan. Let's all receive Jesus like Joan. If you haven't received Jesus, the other thing that His Spirit says, He says, I'm knocking. I'm knocking on the door of your heart. Because I want to dine with you. I want to do life with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to be with you. I want to I break some bread with you. See, it's not about coming in and changing up everything. It's coming in. Because you spent time with Him, then you change naturally. Then your word kind of, it's a reaction. A reflex. So if you haven't received Jesus, this is a great time and an opportunity to do so. Just bow your heads with me and say, Jesus, let's all say it. Jesus, thank you for your love. I see your tenderness now. I open myself up to you. Come into my life. Live with me. Be my Lord. Heal my broken areas. Forgive me for my sin. Walk with me. Talk with me. And let my life go from glory to glory. You are my Lord. Risen from the dead. Alive to intercede for me. Amen.